airing the Addisons. Let me say this, as followers of the Lord Jesus Christ, we've got to be careful and make sure that in everything, man, we are trying to get as close to what the word says as possible. And we got to understand that with that type of wickedness, man, you know, God does not wink at that. That's judgment. Promoting truth, wisdom, and empowerment. And you don't have shades of truth. You have truth or you have error. You have fact or you have fiction. And now we go into the thick of it. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Erin Addison's. On American Family Radio, I shouldn't be reading while I'm... <laughs> you can't do two things at yeah, one time. Yeah, I just, I should not do it. And sometimes I think that I can, but I cannot. And so anyways, <laughs> um, welcome to American Family Radio. Aaron the Addisons is the program. Yes. I'm Miki. And I'm Will. And Sherry B is over in Studio CC. And we are so excited to have our brother and our friend in studio with us, Mr. Mm-hmm. Brother Jerry Rayner. <laughs> Have you become a bishop yet? Because I don't want to take any titles away from you. Bishop, overseer? Bishop. You know, bishop. you came up with a name for me one time because I came up a, with a way for Will to <laughs> keep his hands clean when he did the trash can. Yes. I had called in many times before. Oh, my goodness. And I never got a lot of credit. But when I did this, you yes. started calling me all kinds of new titles. Man, I remember that. But I now think bishop might have been the word me. that you used. <laughs> yes. So thank you oh, for starting off with that. The overseer that. of cleaning rituals. Yes. No, Jerry, go. so... Okay, let's just back up a little bit here and let's share with our listeners because we have um, shifted over, you know, um, back in 2013, we started the Urban Family Talk Network Mm -hmm. and it was a targeted outreach um, with conservative principles, biblical ideas in the urban context. Mm -hmm. And one of the um, networks that we had or one of the stations that we had on the network went out into Memphis. Yeah. And that happens to be where you are. And you caught a fish you were not fishing for. Well, no. With that no, if you were listening. Oh, come on, Jerry. We <laughs> had this. Were, we had this whole tagline, yeah. right? If you're listening, you're our target, target audience. audience. Oh, Mickey, I remember that today. <laughs> Do you remember on Facebook? Yeah. You asked. This yeah. was probably in 2018. You said, "If we had a conference, yeah. would anybody be interested?" Mm-hmm. And I answered, and I said. I'm not sure that I'm part of your target uh-huh. audience, uh-huh. but I would be interested. And you came back very quickly and said, if you're listening, you're, you are part of yes. our target audience. Let me take it a step further. Tell me. Then on the radio, I'm hearing the radio voice. If you're listening, you are part of our target audience. So there's this re-education campaign that I feel like started because of me. So I, I might have misunderstood you, that. You were one of many, man. People uh, were like, really hey, is this so, urban thing? Is it for... When we started this initiative, right, when we start, we were like looking at what was going on and, and not to like be one of those people, but this was before Candace Owens. Okay. <laughs> um, we here, I'm not taking shots, but we here at the American Family Association were like, man, you know, we really do have an unreached people group that um, you've got a lot of liberal thought that has really infiltrated this community. And so how do we do an outreach? But it was not to exclude anyone else. It was just to say, man, you know, we have got to respond to this and, and we've got to tell the truth without being accused of being racist, right? And we're going to get into a lot of that today. And so as we started doing the radio programs and, and we laid out this entire network and speaking in different places, we would run into people who were not of the darker paint job, as our brother Lonnie would say, right? <laughs> and they would say, hey, I know that I'm not your target audience. Mm-hmm. Oh, but we other lo- people all, use yeah, that oh, language. Yeah, yes. In person, really? like meeting okay. us in person. They would say, I know that this is not what you're doing it for, but we love listening. 
And so I was like, wait a minute. No, that's not right. right. That's not what we're thinking. It wasn't to exclude anyone. It was just right. to say, hold on a second. You've been sold a bill of goods here, and we want to tell the truth, but we want to move beyond this, you know, you're a racist. And, and so how, how do we do that? Well, we're going to do it in our tone of voice, and we're going to do it. We're going to keep it real. And as you know, things got pretty <laughs> heated on the show. Did they? I mean, you know, we just we just kept it 100. Yeah. So anyway, but you started listening, Jerry. Yes. And um, I don't. I'm, I was trying to remember the first time that you actually called in because I remember when you called in to the program, you introduced yourself as a listener, and you said, you know, I'm, I know that I'm not basically your target audience, but oh. then you started talking about some of the things that you were observing okay. in the church and in culture. I don't know. Do you remember that at all? I don't remember the first call in. I very clearly remember how I found you. Okay. And tell it was me miraculous, about it. If, okay. if you want to be honest. So this happened almost exactly four years ago, four and a half years ago. And I probably told you guys this before, but a, a very good friend, uh, family friends of ours were at a church and it was the election season. So you know what that means. Mm -hmm. It's the equivalent of the full moon being out and <laughs> werewolves. People act crazy during political times. I, love yeah, it. I mean, you're it's right insane. About that. Yeah, you're oh, right. You know, you can be calm for three years. Yeah. And then that year you're going to be a nut job. You the know, spikes it, come out. Yeah, exactly. Bangs. It's yeah. like, you know, college football fans, you know, who have gone overboard or whatever. So anyway, <laughs> these friends of ours were at a church and they had already been through a previous election cycle and they had heard some things that were harmful hurtful to them okay but they stayed at that church and then the tr trump gets the nomination and then it was like for some people they just became emboldened and they they were saying some really hurtful things okay not directly not necessarily not it didn't start out directly at my friends but then uh, thank goodness for facebook you're able to say a lot of stuff not face to face and oh my goodness <laughs> thank god mark zuckerberg came there's along. a little bit of sarcasm in there oh, somewhere no not sarcastic just a little at all. bit okay so <laughs> At this time, my friends really got hurt, and I was standing by their side. I was, you know, trying to say to these, to the, the crazies, hey, this is not the right way. So anyway, fast forward, um, the, right after the election, my friends leave that church. So this, I, I'll just pause for just a second. I would just ask everyone listening, if you haven't turned it off because I'm on yet. Stop it. Uh, <laughs> Please be careful the way that you talk. How would you like to be responsible for driving somebody away from a church? Because it's something as silly as politics. You know, mm -hmm. we ought to, let's speak the truth in love yeah. mm -hmm. with compassion and kindness. And I'm not saying we should, you know, bend the truth or ignore the truth. Nothing like that. Right. But love people. Yeah. So it didn't stop at them leaving the church. So they're damaged. They're hurt as a result of what has happened. Uh, the wife in that family, she said she dreaded going to church, got now, sick to her stomach. Now, let me that. ask you this, because I'm, I'm, some of this is a little bit familiar, but some of this falls in the category of, like, new details. And, Jerry, you know Will and I well enough. You know we're not politically correct. You know that. And so I just ask very direct uh, questions. So what I'm gathering, and you correct me on this. If I'm, I'm scared. Can we pause you, for a second? <laughs> There's no he's pause. Like, no, he's live. like, oh, this, is this is live. live. Oh, no. He goes, can we do a retake? Because uh -uh. I don't know what she's going to no, ask. live. I did, I did try to prep a little bit and say, here's where I'm going to go. Um, but I didn't know you were going to go here. So I just wanted to get a little bit of background here. So this is around 2016 is what you're talking about. Yes. Okay. At this point, it's 2017. It's after the election. Yeah. 2017, mm -hmm. post the election. And so I'm assuming that you're talking about black brothers and sisters who are offended by yes. white brothers and sisters? Yes. Okay. Okay. I just wanted to get, yep. get a little bit of that background. And so the people who were uncomfortable going to church right. were the black brothers and sisters. Yes. Okay, 
And now here's my question because you know. Oh, you know, I thought we'd already passed your question. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Just like, just that the, hard, the hard part's still it coming. just started. Okay. Jerry, <laughs> at this point, you know me. You know that all of that is the buildup. Okay. Um, so, and during that time, so in 2017, this was not one of those, um, you know, because you had a lot of liberal. Man, it's a, it's a shame that we have to have all of these descriptors when we're talking about Christians. You but you had and a lot of liberal descriptors too. It's on crazy, top of that, right? Yeah. So you had a lot of liberal black Christians who were saying they were so triggered by the election of Trump that they couldn't worship with mm-hmm. white Christians. Yeah. We went in on this pretty hard. Was this what was happening? Was it just the election of Trump that was triggering these black Christians, or was it the words that were spoken? No, that's the horrible thing. It wasn't the election of Trump. I mean, you know, that probably made things um, a little unsettling to them, Mm -hmm. but it was the words spoken by brothers and sisters in Christ. Okay. I mean, I assume brothers and sisters in Christ. I've wondered at times. But no, it was was personal damage that that drove them away from church. Okay, I got you. So it's not bad enough. The story doesn't end there. It begins there, really. Um, the story moves on from there. So they're hurt. And I want you to remember, Abe talked about this recently, Colossians chapter 2, the fine-sounding arguments and people being taken captive um, Mm -hmm. by worldly philosophies, right? Mm -hmm. Well, so my friends are hurt. They're looking for a new church. It's important to them to have a church. They're hurt and they go to a new church. I'm not sure that it's a great one, but then they get sucked in to the social justice movement wow. where they had not been oh before. My so and they're ripe is, for it. At yeah, that because point. they're exactly. looking for something that says what I, the gospel is. The gospel is not enough. So there must <laughs> be something more. And they're looking. Wow. Okay. Well, at least they're hurt, yeah. and um, you know they're looking for something. And you know we probably I don't know if you guys know what it's like when you're looking for a new church. Well, first of all, it's one thing to be looking. To, for a new church. It's mm-hmm. another thing to be running from another church where you got hurt, yeah. mm-hmm. kept you yeah. up at night, right. made you sick to your stomach yeah. at the thought of being in that church, you know, those kind of things. Wow. So they were hurt. And from my perspective, I mean, this is, you know, my professional opinion, and I'm <laughs> not a professional in these areas at all, but um, they, they get sucked into this social justice movement. And I'm begging them, please, this is bad. I, I, I was trying to go there with them. I didn't know anything about it at the time. I'm trying to understand. And, and I was like, oh, hey, we're going to work on some racial kind of stuff together. And then I start hearing it. And I'm like, oh, this is poison. What were some of the telltale is- signs, Jerry? Like, what did you start to hear that you were like, oh, my goodness? Um, I think I was supposed to be quiet for three months before I spoke. And while we left, wow. and, and I may have misunderstood, I, I hate to represent this exactly, but I was supposed to be quiet because, you know, the... Because the, you're white. Because I'm white. And I'm supposed to I listen. like how you're trying to find a nice way to say that. I'm because, because, because. To, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was so, I was like, what do you mean I, we can't talk? But that is a part of right. this critical race theory um, philosophy, that, that white people cannot contribute to the conversation until they have learned until they have repented of their whiteness, until they have divested of their whiteness. And, and in some instances, this movement even goes so far. Now, this is more in the academic realm, but you see them saying you need to be quiet. You, don't, you haven't earned enough points to be able to speak freely, but you experienced that directly. I did. It didn't last long, I hate to say. Um, sometimes I can be very patient. You know, my wife's probably listening right now. She's saying, <laughs> no, not. Hi. But I try. Yeah. Hello, dear. Um, what does it mean when you get a red emoji face on yeah, your phone? Yeah, they're mad. I yeah, I thought it meant love, so um, I might get one of those later. But uh, So, yeah, um, I, I reacted badly to it. I wish I'd been quiet and listened a little bit. I, I, let me say, I, I, there are several things with the, the, the friends of mine who I love dearly. Pray for them now. 
Um, I, I wish I'd handled things a little bit differently, but I probably exploded a little bit when I was like, what is this? But then I begged them, please, let's find a different way. I want to help you. I see the problems in this community. I, I fully want, I'm, I'm active in that now trying yeah. to help. I volunteer and I mentor a, a kid from uh, a young man. But please, let's find a godly way to do this. Yeah. Because, again, I hate to mention Abe again, but there's ortho, believing it's the okay, right thing. It's okay, we like him. I, I, you, I, I, I thought you were fans. There's orthodoxy and there's orthopraxy. Right. Let's get, sorry, I got away from the microphone. Uh, let's get the beliefs right. Let's get the truth right. And then we can practice right. But if we've got bad beliefs and bad doctrine, then it's only going to lead to bad practice. That's exactly right. And so I was begging them, let's do this. They asked me, what's wrong with this? I wrote this huge response to that. It changes our identities. Yep. No mm-hmm. longer am I a child of God. That's right. Mm-hmm. Now I'm an oppressor. Yeah. No longer are you a child of God. You yeah. are the oppressed. That's right. When you change somebody's identity, you change their trajectory. Yeah. When you take me, um, God away from me, and I'm no longer a child of God and yeah. do the things that children of God do, um, now I'm something else. And, and, and worse than that, it makes the gospel impotent. The gospel has no power to change the human heart or to change the human condition. I think that that probably is one of the most sinister aspects of this new religion. It is a religion because Mm -hmm. it has doctrine, it has dogma, it has practice. Mm -hmm. It has all of these things that you would characterize, you would look look at in a set of religious beliefs. And one of the things that I think it does great damage to is a Christian's ability to understand the sufficiency of what Jesus Christ did, that his death, burial, and resurrection is totally sufficient for the forgiveness of our sin, that we can be reconciled not only to God, but we can be reconciled to one another. He started a new family. That's right. With what he did. Yeah. And we're, we were brothers and sisters in that. And now we've got an enemy, the enemy, who is coming in and trying to divide us on that. So I sent this long response and talked about all these different, you know, it. In, in, in Galatians chapter 5, there's the fruit of the Spirit. We talk mm-hmm. about that love, joy, peace. We talk about that a lot. Well, right above that, there's the fruit of the flesh. This is... Ex- is encouraging people toward the fruit of the flesh. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to, you're not supposed to forgive me anymore Mm -hmm. because of the color of my skin. Yeah. So it encourages unforgiveness, identity to be wrong. It encourages covetousness, materialism, Mm -hmm. envy, Mm -hmm. all kinds of bad things. Mm -hmm. What's going to come from that? Yeah. Well, only destruction. And and it's amazing because when it, when it certainly is um, celebrated, all of the things that we are supposed to be putting off as our old man, you know, you think of Colossians 3, we're supposed to be putting off our old self with all of its passions and its desires and all of the lust that we have and whatever forms that take, uh, th- those take on, we're supposed to be putting that off. Well, you know, social justice and critical race theory, critical theory, Marxism, cultural Marxism, all of that massages those old selves, mm-hmm. if you will, that we're supposed to be putting off. So I want to pick up here when we get back because I want to move. So as we move through this, then I guess you're listening to the radio when you hear. Oh, I've got a great story about listening to the radio. Okay, we'll do it when we get back. This is Aaron the Addison's on American Family Radio. Jerry Rayner is our guest. We're going to talk social justice and the gospel is enough when we get back. Stay close. Welcome back to Aaron the Addison's on American Family Radio. I'm Miki. 
And I'm Will, and that's Turin Wells. God's not done with you. Sherry B is over in Studio CC, and our friend and brother, Jerry Rayner, joins us in studio. We're talking about the dangers of the social justice gospel, um, and that's what it is. It's a, it's a new doctrine, a new gospel. And uh, as we know, the Bible is very clear that there is no new gospel, yep, right? Not at all. And so we're talking about that, and we'll continue on as we talk about the Gospel is Enough conference that starts tomorrow mm-hmm. in Bartlett, Tennessee. Yes. Right? I just want to make sure because I'm horrible with announcements no, that's and the right. details. I'm doing Me great. Too. Okay, Gospelisenough.com. Gospelisenough.com. So we'll get into some of that, who the guests will be, and what issues will be tackled there. But we were building up to it, and honestly, Jerry, I was just learning some things that I didn't know. Like, I, I, I mean... I thought that I knew the extent of how we all met, and but this is—I didn't realize that um, social justice gospel um, was firsthand experience for you. I didn't yes. realize that. I thought that it was you're looking back and you're observing because I could tell that when you started calling into our radio program in the morning, I could tell that it was personal. But I didn't think personal in that I have been directly affected. I thought personal in that. You know, who is, you know, misled in the church and I'm not grieved, you know, that kind of a thing. Right. No, it was uh, it was very personal. I try. I am. I don't I don't think I've got enough brain capacity to chase all the different things that go on. <laughs> Seriously. And and so when something new comes up, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of resistant to I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm kind of full with what I've got going on here. So I wouldn't have chased after this okay. just as some new thing, probably it just as some new thing. Um, I came in very um, atypically, probably. And, uh, you know, with friends who got hurt. And, you know, I, I didn't know what was going on the whole yeah. time. It was kind of like, you know, going through the, kind of a fog. And it's like, oh, we, I'm, I'm, I'm side by side with these people right now fighting against these people who are being rude mm-hmm. um, in, a, in, the, in a church setting. And then all of a sudden I'm, I'm at odds with these people who I was once side by side with defending and, and trying, please stay. And that was because they had ventured off into social justice. Yes. That's and... your encounter with it was trying to learn what they were learning and see, okay, what is it that you're into where you were told because you're white, you don't have enough points, you have to be quiet. Right. And this is not figurative. This is literally, you cannot speak, you have to just listen. No, part of this uh, organization group, whatever it was, and I won't say the name of it, but yeah, part of it was you're supposed to be quiet. And, and, and for all I know, even black people were supposed to be quiet. I doubt that based on what I've learned since. You're so generous. But um, <laughs> I mean, sure I, that's I, not true, Jerry. I, I, it may not be. I, I, I don't remember if it was just, a, but I know I was supposed to listen to like, um, you know, the movie um, Pocahontas. The I haven't seen this. I've just heard about it. But the tree is like... Like this wisdom. Stop. That's what I was supposed to listen to these people who had all this wisdom. Oh, right. Because wow. you're there sure. to learn. Yes. You, you don't understand. So Absolutely you're there to, to not. Learn. I don't know anything. All <laughs> oh my, my, you know, reading goodness. my Bible and all that kind of Man, stuff was yeah. um, ineffective mm-hmm. in this new world. <laughs> wow. Okay. So you're going through all of this and what happens? Are you driving down the road and then you hear us? Are we talking about this? No. Like, so what here's what the, happened. This is where uh, this was just, I, I consider this miraculous, and I, I say that when I when I describe it. So I, there are months, and I am, I, I don't, I hate to use the word obsessed, but this is heavy on my thoughts. I'm thinking about this all the time. Yeah. Because um, I think we were, I was mentioning, it just felt like, almost like a friend died. Or there yeah, was a you're divorce. losing a friend. I mean, yes, I mean, like, you know, somebody that we cared about greatly. And 
I am, uh, I'm really down. I'm praying about it. I'm reading about it. I'm learning about it on the back end. You okay. know, I, I experienced it first and then I'm trying to go, what is this stuff? Wow. You know? So then you go back to fill in the gaps. Right. Gotcha. And I'm trying to fill in the gaps and figure out what's going on. And it's very confusing. Yeah. People use different words for different things. That's you know, right. It's just, mm-hmm. I think it's almost intentionally confusing. But so one day in the midst of this, it might've been after six months of this going on. I can't remember. I want to say maybe it was roughly September of that year, 2017. And I go out to my car for lunch and I turn the car on. And my radio is set to a preset station. Okay. I have no idea how it got there. I don't know if my battery had gone uh, dead the day before and I got it replaced or whatever. But anyway, it's on 106.7. And I'm like, oh, what's this? Usually in milliseconds, I've either turned it off. I often don't even listen to the radio. But I've either turned it off or switched it to a legit, you know, a real station or whatever. But before I could do that. So God miraculously has has you on this station that is a preset in my car. And he slows me down. And I listened just for a few seconds. Now, this was around lunchtime, so I was trying to figure out who would this have been. It might have been Lonnie Mm -hmm. Poindexter. I'm not sure who was the 12 o'clock person at that time or the 1 o'clock person. Anyway, whoever it was, let me just say this. I was trying to think of a good way to say this. I could tell that this was an urban station. (laughs) (laughs) It it didn't take long. And that means we were successful. Uh, Right. You were successful. We were trying to do. You caught the wrong fish, but you were successful. Stop it. I'm just joking. Um, So I could tell tell it was a black guy talking. And so a few seconds later, I'm like, oh, he's talking about God. And then a few seconds later, I'm like, man, this is really good. Mm -hmm. I need to... I need to check this out. What's amazing to me, I'm reading a book right now, a little side story, called The Kneeling Christian. It is by an unknown author. It is fantastic. It is taking me deeper and deeper and deeper into being a prayer warrior. Hmm. And uh, it talks about that we need to ask. You know, there's a verse that says, you have not because you ask not. Mm -hmm. I wasn't asking God for anything extra. I was asking him, will you fix this relationship? Will you bring my friends back? Here in he comes with a radio station and people I didn't know I needed. So the days after this, after I figure out this is a good station that I need to be listening to, I turn it on on my way in in the morning. Well, who do I hear? The Addisons. Wow. And then I'll listen to it on the way home. Who do I hear? Abraham. Mm -hmm. And um, I'm listening to you guys, and I'm like— what kind of a miracle is this? I wasn't looking for anything like this. I didn't know that I needed you guys. Mm. And here God brought it on my doorstep. So sometimes we don't have because we don't ask. I think sometimes we don't even know what to ask for. And he is so gracious and good that he gives it to us anyway. So I'm wondering mm. what was, what sort of, what made our conversation different as you were listening in? What set it apart? And you, you felt like this was a response to a need that you didn't know you had, especially in light of this this breaking up this friendship that you were losing. Yeah, what made you special? So I think you said it earlier, um, and I'll try to say what you said, but you were trying to reach into a certain audience who, uh, you're, you're going to remember how to say this better than I will, but you were trying to reach into a certain audience and say, hey, there's another way. Yeah. That's why you called it Urban Family Talk. Yeah. There's yeah. another way. So I'm hearing Urban Family Talk people saying there's another way. Yeah. It was different, and I hate to say this. This might reveal something bad about me. It was different than if I heard a white person saying that. Yeah, and no. I, I hate but, to say but you know I'm, what? I'm but that. But that was part of it. That was a part of it. That. No, yeah. but that's the reality. Mm-hmm. We tend to respond differently yeah. to people we perceive to have a different understanding of what we may be going through or what we may have experienced. That's one. Mm-hmm. But then the other thing is, we're also not able to hide behind these differences when a person's saying, no, no, no. I grew up in a single parent family. Mm-hmm. All right. The gospel is still enough. Right. 
God's standard is right. still the standard. Right. Right. Because you missed the mark, you don't get to move the goal. Like to hear someone saying that, who maybe in some way or maybe not sounds like you, I think is different. And so, you know, it's interesting though. So when we started talking, I think when you called in, we could hear that the social justice gospel was really pressing in on you. And so let's now make a shift. How do we get to the point where you're like, our church has to respond to this? We see this growing. Um, it's not letting up. And, and how do you guys get together and decide we're going to do a conference in response? Okay, there's a lot in between that. I'll yeah. say I, I, I went to two of your conferences. So I did hear you saying what I was saying, mm-hmm. and that was so refreshing just on the radio. Because you guys don't talk about this all the time. But everything you talk about, you know, you're so solid biblically on. But when you did talk about this, you were right on. And I was like, oh, I've, you know. And, I, you know, I talked about my friends being hurt after they left the church. And, you know, in a in a in a bad place. I was in that place after wrestling with them and with that issue for a long time. Not in a bad place that I was going to be taken away. In a bad place, I needed some help. Yeah. And I didn't realize that at the time. But looking back now, God brought you guys into my life and you were that help to me. And I'm so thankful for that. Wow. But so I go to a couple of your conferences. Glad to talk about your conferences. I've got all of my notes. This is so like I wish <laughs> we need to do a screenshot of these notes and put them on Facebook. Well, you can do that. Th- that you will do tell that, like. that will tell people a lot about your personality. That's how you take notes, Jerry. <laughs> These are my notes from two, the first conference. Will, here they are. Look at wow. that. And these are my lo- notes from last year's conference. We're going to take a picture and put it on the Aaron wow. Addison's page. There are going to be some people who see this and understand it, and they're going to be like, yep, he's doing it right. <laughs> there are going to be other people who look at these notes and go, what in the world? How This just helps me listen. You put it in columns. I did. I fold the paper it's up a couple written, of times it's written and, and in, put <laughs> creases there so it'll be columns. It's written in nine-point po- nine font. <laughs> like, nine-point font. Well, I, I, I read that. over it last night okay. um, because I wanted. I actually have some Post-its on here to bring out some of the points, and there were so many. Will, you just do a great job. I mean, I, I'm serious. You do a fantastic job. Your speakers, everything they speak about, I, you know, we may not get to this. I don't think I printed this out. I gave you, after the first one, I was so impressed and I wrote a top 10 list that yeah. consisted that of about great. 15 uh, things. Um, <laughs> it was just so well done, and yeah. I came last year, but I, I've pointed out some of the ones that I like. So, and I don't know if you can imagine, that first year that I was coming down, so I'm driving down to Tupelo to go to the Urban Family Talk <laughs> and uh, I think I might have employed some Lamaze breathing. Um, apparently, what do you think, Jerry? Uh, do you think we'd have black bouncers at the I, door, Jerry? Just like, you know, oh, you're white, like, you're you not can't getting come in. in here. Uh, I wasn't exactly. You know, I'd, I'd hurt you a lot. I actually met you, uh, Pastor Joseph Parker had a little thing in Memphis, and you guys came up. Yeah. And I met you there the first time. Will, you were there, but you were talking to somebody, so I didn't get to talk to you that night. But that was actually the first time I met you. It's guys. a festival of life. It, that's exactly yes. what it was. Yeah. Yes. So uh, anyway, I came to a couple of your conferences, and um, you know, you guys touched on some of that there. And uh, boy, your your talks were so good, Mickey. The uh, church history last year. I'll just tell you, my what my daughter was doing. Uh, she was practicing a speech last night about Constantine. Come on. An hour later, I'm reading your notes from last year on church <laughs> history, and it hits Constantine. Several of the things that she talked about. But uh, so I'm really fired. I mean, I was so excited and, and so blessed and so glad to be able to be uh, just to be a part of that meeting other people mm-hmm. um, who I was um, able to see there and meet there. And uh, it helps so. you to see that you're not alone, doesn't it, Jerry? Yes. Yeah. Like that's yes. one of yeah. that's one of my favorite aspects about the Marriage Family Life Conference is that you you're out here and you're watching all these bits and pieces kind of float around you start to feel like you are the minority because you are a biblically based Christian, that you believe the Bible is true and sufficient. 
So then when you gather mm -hmm. with a couple hundred other Christians and you're like, wait, oh, we all still do believe the Bible? Right. You yeah. are encouraged, aren't that's you? That's right. That is right. And that, you know, we can talk about it in a minute, but that's one of the things with the Gospel is Enough conference because I think people are feeling alienated there because right. it is so unpopular mm -hmm. yeah. to be on the outside of that. Yeah. You need to be swallowing that hook, line, you know, hook, line, if and not, sinker. If not, you're racist. Exactly. Right. And yeah. I'm tired of being bullied like that. Aren't you? Prove to me that I'm a racist. Come on, show Jerry. Me that, show me that I'm a that, racist. That, that should be the attitude right there. Everybody. I mean, that's a Great, we know? just had an. I mean, I'm not saying we, I've had enough of that. Yeah, I mean, no, we've had you're enough. Not gonna, so. Don't bully me around anymore with <laughs> yeah. that. I'm not going to be quiet. Let's talk about the issues here. Yeah. Let's yeah. debate the issues if we need to biblically. Yeah, and if I'm wrong, fine, I'll come to your side. But let's talk about it here. Don't yeah. just the first sign of I disagree and you're throwing out that I'm a, a racist. That's right. That's that, just not that fair. you're only filtering your worldview through your whiteness, <laughs> right. right? Guys, that is that is one of the it's most crazy. egregious things. Like any Christian should be able to talk about doctrine and talk about what our faith entails using the Bible as your basis. You That's shouldn't right. have to go to these secondary, tertiary sources where you're saying, okay, well, back in 1989, Kimberly Crenshaw said, like, <laughs> right. when you start a conversation with someone and you're talking about the gospel being enough, when they go to these other philosophers and start pulling in from these guys, I'm Who going, wait a God minute, at all. they don't love God. I'm going, wait a minute, hold on a second here. You're saying the gospel isn't enough. This is what you're saying. Mm. When you tell me that you cannot explain to me biblically why you believe what you believe, but I need first to educate myself. I've with something go else. With something else. You are saying that the gospel is not enough. Right. I have no space in my life for that. Yeah. Right. Because the gospel either. is enough. Amen. And I wanted to have those discussions mm -hmm. uh, with my friend. You know, hey, I'm giving you verse after verse after verse that yeah. shows what's wrong with these. When I walked into this thing, you say, oh man, I saw a red flag or two. No, I saw nothing but red flags. It mm -hmm. was red flags <laughs> everywhere. And um, let's, but let's talk about this. Let's reason from the scriptures together. Mm -hmm. yeah. Well, mm -hmm. you know, we're not reason. I don't think the other, that side wants to reason from no. the scriptures. They want to reason from the new canon. That's right. Oh, mm. come, on, books, come on, Jerry. Right? Mm -hmm. Man, so, you know, people are going to take issue with you saying that, but that's exactly what it is. It's a yeah. new canon. It's a new set of rules, and that's where they want to reason from. And I, I remember talking about this. Um, it was during the time when, I guess it was 2018, was it 2018 when Akimini Uwan mm. said that white people needed to divest of whiteness. She was speaking at the Sparrow Conference. We played several clips. Yeah. And so then we, we rebuked her publicly. Um, we did a post where we warned people. We said, be warned. If this woman is speaking at your conferences, if she is talking to women in the faith, she's a cancer. She is dangerous. And the Bible tells us to mark those That's who right. cause divisions among right. us. That's this right. is biblical. This is all about division. So we were yeah. marking her. Well, do you know that she sent her henchmen out? <laughs> and one of the first things that they did was tell me that I was not educated enough to speak on this issue. Mm. So now I hate to say this, but what I, what I routinely do, Jerry, and you, you guys know this, I routinely answer the fool in his folly. <laughs> according to his folly. So she sent out white henchmen to tell me that I was not educated enough. Oh, nice. So you know what I had to play to? I had to play <laughs> to that you can't talk to me because I'm black. <laughs> I hated to and, do and it. And they apologized. They, they were apologized. Like, they were like, oh. Did they really? Yeah, oh, yeah. They backed down? Oh, they yes. did because I'm black. Is it, is that, that's where we it's are. Ridiculous. It's ridiculous. so crazy. Well, let's give them this. They were <laughs> consistent to their own rules, right? <laughs> so they came out. They told me that I didn't know enough. I wasn't educated. I needed to read a few books before I was addressing Akimini Uwan. That she was right. She knew what she was talking about. And so I said, you know, I can't help but notice from your profile picture that you're a white woman. 
So I said, are you telling me as a black woman that I don't know enough about oppression to talk about it? And she was like, I'm sorry, that's not what I meant to say. That's not at all what I was implying. It's like, you can't win. No. Right. This, this debate, based on these secular philosophies, are lose-lose. She, you can beat her in no, that discussion. It's unfair. I couldn't. It is. It yeah, is. Because it's no, not about what's right and right. wrong. You, couldn't, you don't have enough intersectionality. You don't have enough that, That's exactly what I'm saying. I'm yeah. sorry, Jerry. Do you have any black in your family at all? <laughs> anybody, a cousin, distant, anybody. One what drop. about, that's crazy. I think there's some hobbit blood. One drop. <laughs> Does that count? Anybody that's disenfranchised. I don't know. All right, we got to grab the break. Guys, we only laugh about this to get through it yeah. because it's absolutely insane. Aaron it's the scary. Addison's on American Family Radio. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Aaron the Addison's on American Family Radio. I hope that everybody understands our kind of bold and at times sarcastic approach to this. Um, it's not meant to be disrespectful or hurtful to anyone right. who has found themselves a victim on either side of this because there are victims on both sides, right? Yeah, there are a lot victims, of hurt, too. It's, it's crazy. A lot of hurt, you know? right. So those who would see themselves as, according to social justice doctrine, as being perpetually oppressed, they are victims, just not in the way that they think they're victims, right? Mm -hmm. And so when they lash out against those who are the oppressors, those people are also victims, yeah. right? And so you've got a lot of hurt going on. But one of the things that I, I want to see the body of Christ return to the boldness that is ours Amen. because of the Holy Spirit who indwells us. Right. Like we, we cannot cower. We cannot be afraid to address these issues. I know to some people they hear it and they go, well, Mika, you just, you know, you're so flippant and talking about this, but these things don't have any power over us. Mm -hmm. So we don't need to be running. I mean, look, you know, at the church in Antioch, man, they, they had a, a person in position of lead, leadership called Niger. Yeah. <laughs> His right. name was Niger. Like they, right. they were not afraid of diversity. You understand yeah. what, what's up black? That's what his name means, black, mm -hmm. you know, and I just feel like the church is so like we are, you know, what's wrong with us that we have lost what is our claim on ethnicity and diversity. And mm -hmm. so because we gave it up, the world grabbed it, redefined it, and now they try to sell it back to us on their terms. Right. Yeah. We have to reject it. No, we have right. biblical definitions for diversity. And that's what we have to stand on, solidly on the word. That's right. I mean, when, you, when you're standing solidly on the word. You know, you can't be moved like, you know, Amen. all this stuff that try to come come at you. And that's that's where we should bring the conversation back Amen. to the Bible, back to the Amen. Bible. And a lot of people don't want to bring it there. But that's for a reason, because it falls. Yeah, but, the argument fall under the so weight nice. of the scripture. I would say they lose. <laughs> but I appreciate they lose the their way power. you said that. Yeah, yeah I mean, they, they lose their power. They lose, lose their position. Uh, you know, they, it seems like there's other. Um, desires that they want. They don't. It's not unity. It doesn't appear that they want. Yeah, um, that's they right. They want dominance. They want yeah, power. That's right. Um, I'll tell you, you. I think you asked the question. How did we come to this point? There were two things. Um, one thing. Uh, some of us sat in on a talk that was uh, intended to talk about. Now, so I had a I had a choice. I could go to one talk that was going to be about prayer, or I could be go to one that was going to talk about race issues. And I really struggled over this because I really want to be better at praying. But then I thought, you know, I'm going to go to this thing. Well, I'm sitting in there, and it is awful. Okay. The worst stuff that I've ever heard. 
And uh, I brought copies of it for you guys. Let me read you just a couple of quick things um, that I heard. Um, This is, I'm, I'm quoting, We have grace and forgiveness and the gospel has absolved us, but the gospel has not solved our sin sickness. Wait, wait, what? The gospel has not solved our sin wow. sickness. Those words came out of a man's mouth, a wow. pastor. And uh, let me, I'll give you a little bit more. Um, this was another one. I don't find your white expression of Jesus to be very compelling. Um, what these is are, the white expression? That's a great question. <laughs> I don't know. What but I'm pretty white? sure I was supposed to be offended by it, and I was. I don't even know, I don't even know what a white Jesus is. Well, I maybe mean, you dress, a, do you dress your Jesus in Birkenstocks? Um, maybe that's what it is, Jerry. Yes. I don't know, maybe it's the Birkenstock. But, I mean, that's Jesus. not a white thing. Know. Other people wear Birkenstocks, right? I so, actually have a pair, but go there ahead. There you go. So we, um, wow. we, we had, I mean, I, I was just listening to this and thinking, I cannot believe the words that I'm hearing here. Did you feel beaten down? Uh Yes, and I was. My first thought was, I'm going to go talk to this guy right after and tell him this is the worst thing I've ever heard. Okay. And thank goodness, uh, <laughs> the spirit prevailed okay. and the flesh didn't. <laughs> Amen. Because it would have been ugly for me. He, I think, it was an ex-football player, so it was really going to be a bad <laughs> move for me. Um, I am more uh, hobbit-sized, so Jerry, that, you got to. <laughs> you're insane. I, I just wasn't. You know, I didn't need to do that. So I, I'm not joking. I sat there, I, uh, Lamaze breathing for a few minutes, trying to calm down. <laughs> and I finally decided I'm going to tear off my, I'm, I'm going to give him my name and mm-hmm. my phone number. Mm-hmm. And I'm just going to go say, hey, um, would love to take you out to lunch and uh, discuss some of this. I've yeah. been reading on some of this. And uh, I did that. And he said, oh, so what have you been reading? And I thought, oh, boy, should yeah. I mention Thomas Sowell or Walter Williams? Oh, my goodness. Or uh, I've been reading the Bible. That was my answer. Which oh, was true. Mm-hmm. That's really And good. he said, hmm, okay. And he asked me what I do for a living. And I said, engineer. And he said, hmm. So I never heard from him uh, for better or for worse. But uh, so that was a big step toward this. And then the Southern Baptist vote that happened uh, last June, where um, we were um, just heartbroken. We... We're going to use the analytical tools of social justice. I mean, I, why even open that door? Yeah. What value do those tools bring? What does it have that the gospel doesn't have? Right. I don't understand any of that. So those two things together probably led to us having the conference. And you. You posted something one night, and I said, Miki, we should have a conference I about remember this. that. I don't remember what I posted, but I remember you saying that. And then I remember you started a dialogue, I think, with myself and with Abraham, where it was, why don't we have people who respond to this publicly? There should be like a concerted effort yes. to do it. Yeah. Yes, it's like we're that. asleep. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the, 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 the other side is writing books and having oh, conferences. My goodness. I mean, they are way down the path. Yeah. And, and we're scared to talk about it, I this think, for is a, so a lot sad. of times. Hang there for a second, because I don't want people to miss the point that you just made. That has got to be one of the more frustrating aspects of the lack of response on the part of the biblically sound Christians, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. The other side, those who have moved away from the authority of Scripture, Mm -hmm. they are writing books. They Mm -hmm. are doing conferences. They are going on. Podcasts, everything. They're doing podcasts. They're going on tours to re-indoctrinate believers and to sprinkle guilt all among the assembly. And those of us who have the Word of God, who are supposed to be standing firmly broad-shouldered on the Word of God, we're like, eh, well, um, maybe it'll just fizzle out. Right, It's not going away. It's not going to no. fizzle out. It's only gaining. It, it's, yes. it's growing in momentum. People are accepting this full hog, and it is dividing the church. Yes. So, um, you know, that is so distressing to me. They've got 
Will, you'll understand this, Mickey, I'm, I'm sorry. It's a full court press mm -hmm. on their side, yeah. which means they're doing everything they can to take the ball <laughs> away from us. Let me okay, say it gotcha. that way, okay? Yeah. It's a basketball analogy. Mm -hmm. But they're doing everything that they can to pre um, oppress us, yeah. to shut us That's up, right. to bully us. <laughs> I'm oppressed right. here, you know? <laughs> yes, I don't the biblical play that card. Christians are being oppressed. <laughs> yes. That's what, that is what is happening. So that's kind of what led um, to the conference. It was like, uh, and I had been telling my our pastor as well, Danny Sinkfield, wonderful, wonderful guy, uh, godly man, best pastor. I mean, he's just a wonderful, godly man, really uh, personable as well. Y'all are going to love him. But I had been telling him after conference number one of yours, mm -hmm. my thought was, man, we need to get the Addisons up here. I would love, not that I have any power whatsoever. I, I'm just go to the church. I, I'm not on staff or anything. <laughs> but I just told him, I said, man, these people are fantastic. We really need to have them up. I told him that after conference number one, and then conference number two came, and I said, man, we really need to have these. And then around that time, the Southern Baptist vote took place, yeah. mm -hmm. and and then a couple of was months that later, the straw on the camel's back I think that, that just, was the yes, just yeah. Cracked it we, there. you and I had that exchange on Facebook, and then it started growing um, from there. And I, I'm not taking credit; I'm just saying from there. Well, you put I, together I talked a to team. some other people, yeah. and mm -hmm. um, you mm -hmm. know, we we like-minded people in our church, and said, "Hey, what do you think about a, a conference?" We met with our pastor, and he was all for it. He mm -hmm. said, "You know, there should be nothing wrong with us declaring that the gospel is enough." Daryl mm -hmm. B. Harrison is going to be there. Um, I call Daryl. Yeah sort of like a modern-day Tertullian, I feel like Daryl is like a phrase maker. Have you noticed how he's uh, able yes. to give terms to these people and what they do, and, and they seem to stick? Like, he was the first person I ever heard say social justicians. Uh, you know, when talking I've about noticed people. that. <laughs> he tends, how did he make he, he just does that, a right? noun... Uh, that describes a person who is in favor of justice or whatever. I, I, I was don't like, know. man, that's good. It's Tertullianish, yes. is what it is. <laughs> he but was he, very good. He's going to be there. Talk about some of the other aspects of the conference. And again, this is the Gospel is Enough conference. It starts tomorrow. It's Friday and Saturday in Bartlett, Tennessee. If you go to gospelisenough.com, mm -hmm. uh, you can register. You can learn more information. Look at some of the other speakers. And, uh, and just decide if this is something that is worth your investment of time and resources. I would argue strongly, and, and in fact, this is why we're a part of it, because we believe it's that important. Mm -hmm. We have got to have a stronger response to wickedness that is infiltrating the church, not an equal response. We've right. got to have a stronger response. And right so, now we are on the opposite end of that. That's right. Uh, right now. But so it, it's interesting to me, just about everybody who's coming, I have met because I became Facebook friends with you guys. Oh, I'm wow. not joking. We have two seminary professors uh, coming, and they have great what look like great talks. I'm not as familiar with them. Everybody else I met: Daryl Harrison, Virgil Walker, Michael O'Fallon, <laughs> Eric Muldrow, oh, every one of Eric. those. Yeah. So it was interesting. It's so interesting that I get connected to you guys, and then I got connected to more and more and more mm -hmm. people. And uh, man, they have been a huge blessing to me. So Eric Muldrow is a former law enforcement officer who happens to be black, and his response is in the area of police brutality. Mm -hmm. Remember, we'd have the ebbs and flows where you would learn that it's open season on black right. men, but only in cycles. <laughs> right. Like, and so, then it would stop. So I like, guess the hunted, I don't know, what are they, <laughs> they, they get them all and then they go on hiatus and then they come back. But it's only around certain times that black men are being openly hunted by law enforcement officers. <laughs> and so Eric Muldrow does a wonderful job of showing the numbers and actually presenting the facts. Mm -hmm. And so he's coming in from Las Vegas. That's correct? right. And so that his talk is going to revolve around that. Is it really open season on black men? Can we know the numbers and know that this is a false narrative? So that's going to be interesting. We've had him on the show. He's been on the Hamilton Corner. Has yeah. he? Yeah, yeah, I knew he'd been. Uh, that's where I first started was on uh, the Hamilton Corner. Uh, as you mentioned, Daryl Harrison, he is going to be there. Um, his, uh, let me see, where is his 
uh, it's in, the, the problem is in, enmity, not ethnicity. Yeah. Enmity, not a word I use very often. Right. This, it's a <laughs> sin problem, not, not an right. ethnicity problem. Uh, so we've got several, um, lots of, you know, let me just, I'll go through. Abraham, when Ukrainians and Colossians collide. When I saw that, I was like, he is a genius bringing the Ukrainians into this, right? I mean, he is so good. But this problem is not new. That's right. right. This problem it's is not so new. People, people have not liked each other forever. People right. who are different. You know, uh, uh, to show you, I remember last year, uh, the last conference, uh, Jay Warner Wallace, he said he called it otherism. He That's said, right. If oh, anybody, that was profound. If anybody... It looks a little, if we all looked exactly the same, except for eye color, mm-hmm. we would divide over That's that. Right. And, That's and, and right. And there's so much truth to that. So um, Abraham, your talk, academic, academic philosophies that threaten the church. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that one's going to be fantastic if I heard you speak a few times. Thank uh, you, Jim. Dr. Kilpatrick, history of the social justice movement from the 20s to the 70s. Uh, Eric Muldrow, Police Brutality, Fact and Fiction. Virgil Walker, Historical Background of Black Liberation Theology. Oh, my goodness. Really interesting. Uh, We're going to have some Q&A sessions. Michael O'Fallon, Brave New Religion, Critical Race Theory and Intersectionality. He's calling it a religion, as you just uh, did a few minutes ago. So we've got Q&A. We've got uh, Daryl, as I mentioned also. But there were three because I'm Baptist. I don't know if you guys are big (laughs) with uh, first, first... with like what I'm about to do. But there were three C's that I came up with for our conference, our purposes for this. One is to celebrate. You mentioned cancer earlier that our culture has. We've got the cure to cancer. That's right. Everybody mm-hmm. else is using these trickster, you know, ways and it's Come not on. doing anything. That's We've right. got the answer to that. Yeah. We need to celebrate the gospel. We need to celebrate Jesus. We need to celebrate each other mm-hmm. and come together. I think of a shoe with the laces all, you know, almost coming out and all that. We need to pull those laces and tighten up and come mm-hmm. together. So Celebrating the gospel is one of them. The second C is correct the narrative, correct all the misinformation that's going out. And three, a coalition, as you talked earlier, bringing those people together, just like I felt so good when I came to you guys' conference and saw other people who were like-minded, ready to stand, what was it, hold the line. Hold the line. So many times. (laughs) Who were ready to hold the line on Scripture. Um, it's got, we need to bring those same people together around this issue mm-hmm. and yeah. say, we're staying together, That's black, right. white, red, whatever colors we've got. Yeah. We believe in the Lord Jesus. We are children of God. We are going to spend an eternity together. We are not going to divide while we're down here. I've got Amen. more in common with one who has been purchased by the Lord Jesus Christ than I do with one just because they share my same skin color. Right. I've been in settings where it's been all one skin color, right? But it's not a religious setting. It's not a Christian setting. And I've been so uncomfortable because, man, we do not have shared beliefs and shared convictions. Mm. It, is, it is a lie to believe that you can unite better, if you will, because a person shares mm. your same hue. Mm-hmm. Yes. No, the, the unity that we talk about, first of all, the Bible tells us that there is a unity of the spirit mm-hmm. and the bond of peace. We are to keep the unity of the spirit. It is not as the world presents this, oh, let's all just go along and get along. Let's all just agree with each other. No, that is a secular presentation of unity we are tasked with keeping the unity of the spirit which means we have one mind and we have one heart and if we understood that and if we stood together with one voice on this and that being the solid word of god it's tested Mm. right it's tried and it's true and i'm looking forward to this i'm looking forward to getting together with other believers i want to see us have the kind of bold conversations that we're having here right now yeah i want to see those conversations increase i want to see those conversations on social media i remember when you know, Akimni Uwan sent her henchman out and there was one girl who posted under the whole exchange and she happened to be white and somebody black jumped on her and said, you're not permitted to speak. You need to get off. And I said, nope, you keep speaking. 
I said, nope, sister, you keep speaking. You have every right to speak on this issue. If we are saying that the Bible is our final authority, Mm -hmm. then that means each and every one of us can talk about what the Bible does and does not say. Yeah. Because we are reading it. Yeah. Right. I mean, thanks, Tyndale. We are reading (laughs) the Bible. Right. You know, what, what amazes me here is if what they reference in the bad history when white people were ugly to black people, mm-hmm. why would we think it's okay to turn that around? And we're basically reliving those it's days revenge. today with the roles reven- uh, reversed. Yes, mm-hmm. that's what it is. It's not a cry for justice. Mm. We need to learn from our history. Justice yeah. is a guise, it's a ruse, and what they really want is revenge. Let me say this, I don't often end with how I'm gonna end a presentation, but I wanna tell you, this is how I'm going to end my presentation tomorrow with a quote from Antonio Gramsci. And this is what he said, this is our final warning to the church. This is what Antonio Gramsci said. He said, what comes to pass does not so much because a few people want it to happen as because the mass of citizens abdicate their responsibility and let things be. Mm. When we look at what's happening in the church, it's not because so many people are getting together, but it's because those of us who have the faithful word of God are just stepping back and saying, oh, you guys go ahead. This will all work itself out. We can't do anything against the truth only for it. We're out of time until tomorrow. Lord willing. God bless.